Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One, your sports collectibles podcast. My name is Jeff Baker. I am the host of your program, and we are talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, where it is a sunny 86 degrees. No more rain, Drew. We had rain all day yesterday, but no rain today. And we have Drew Pelto in Arlington, Texas, with a temperature of? Uh, looks like 98 right now, and it feels <laughs> a lot it feels a lot hotter than that. So. 98, and he's frying eggs out in the out in the street, right? Yeah, just about. That is Drew Pelto from DFW Graffer. He has a new video out, guys. Yep. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. He's got a new video out, out but two days ago. Uh, yeah, I think I posted up. I actually got it out on time this time on like, uh, I think it was either Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning that I got it out. So yeah. Ooh, so he is on Instagram and he is on Twitter and he is on YouTube, but he will not go on thread. He will not go on thread. He will says no. Yeah. the I mean, I, the last two alleged Twitter killers that I signed up for died within like a week that I got on there. It's just a de- nobody ever got on there. And so I'm waiting on threads until it proves itself. All right. Well, I am on there. And so it's uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I am on Twitter at T at cast TTM. And as all as well, I am on Instagram and uh, thread. I am TTM cast and I'm on Facebook. We are all over the place. You can go to TTMcast.com where all our podcasts are five years of podcasts, guys. You can check it out. But this week we have a fun show. We always have fun show, but this week's a really fun show. We speak with Derek Grady. Derek Grady is vice president of Heritage Auctions. We talked to Derek about what's going on at Heritage. They got a new auction going on right now. They also are getting prepared for the national. So we get a sneak peek at what Heritage is going to have at the national. Heritage was a big hit last year with the Mickey Mantle card. And I'm sure they're going to make a big splash again this year. So we're going to talk to Derek about what's going on in the hobby, what's going on in the whole, um, I don't know, auction realm, right? And he, he, Derek just like loves to talk hobby. So it's a, it's a, a great interview with Derek. So stick around with that. Just a couple of things. We, as I said, it poured here yesterday. It was raining all day. So I spent my day putting cards in number order and working on my inventory. I promised my wife I would do an inventory of all my stuff. So I'm building up an inventory. I started with my one closet, went through the whole closet, inventoried it all up. So uh, I'm starting to get an inventory together. I also, I need about five cards for my series two. So I just ordered some more binders. When my binders come in, I'm going to page them up and I'll, I'll let everyone know who I need to, so you guys can help me finish the top series two. And my series one, I don't think I need a, maybe about eight or 10. So I, nice. I'm just about done with the with, with tops 
uh, one and two. We'll have to wait till the update comes out, right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we love, I love um, Chrome. So Chrome, Chrome's coming out, I think, in a couple of weeks, right? I think it was right around the national. Yeah, typically comes out, yeah, right around the national or just after, kind of uh, fills in the gap there in between series two and update. The price of stamps went up, guys. I hope, hopefully, you bought your stamps before the price of stamps went up. They're up to sixty-six cents a piece. So now it's going to cost you. What is the, what is that? That that cost you a uh, dollar twenty-two to mail a dollar twenty, right? A dollar twenty-two. A uh, dollar thirty-two. Dollar thirty-two. Thank you. See, not that's why I keep around for your math skills. A dollar <laughs> thirty-two to mail out a TTM uh, envelope and, and self-addressed stamped envelope. So price of ttm is going up and speaking of ttm drew has been very busy very busy yeah i got all my stamps in finally for japan for mexico for south korea so i've started cranking out those i got uh what is this three already written that i'm sending to south korea i've got a stack of i think 10 for japan i've got half of those written gonna send out a few american ones as well uh, jeff you can see these cards that i just got in this week paid a buck 50 for each of these well harold baines so the harold baines tops yep tops rookie card and his fleer Flair card as that, well. That, I think that is that taking a Fenway. It might be, yeah. I mean, it looks uh, it looks the right color there in the uh, of uh, the fences or the wall behind him there. Well, so. they, I think most of, all the eighty one uh, flare cards are Fenway. A lot of them are. Yeah, there's definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was if it was Don Russ or Fleer that uh, Keith Olbermann took a lot of the photos for. Okay, that's he actually Don worked as he actually I worked as a photographer. Okay, it might have been Don Russ, yeah, because he worked as a photographer for at least one of the companies there for a little bit and sent a lot of his photos into them to and got used on cards there for a bit. But Yeah, yeah I know the, a... the 81 uh, Flair Lenny mm -hmm. Randall card. He's sitting there holding a blue glove, and mm -hmm. I was literally right in front of him when they took the picture. I, oh, jeez. So that's the one I remember, I, I, I remember vividly. They, when they took that picture and I was talking to the photographer, he was right. He was, li I was literally right behind the photographer when he, when he was, was taking the picture. <laughs> nice. Nice. So yeah, I got those uh, written up and mailed out. going to send the Harold Baines requests out here as well soon. And uh, yeah, just see what else I can come up with for it there. Like you said, I got my video put up. I've got my article on, uh, on uh, sports collectors daily. So yeah, keeping busy and we'll uh, hopefully get some uh, some mail in as well. Finally got finally got off the skid on the TTMs. We'll be talking about those more on Saturday, though, and hopefully I have a few more than just these two to talk about. But hey, at least it's something. Yeah, guys, make sure you check out Drew's article on 1972 high numbers on Sports Collectors Daily. It's a great article. Uh, it, it was uh, the number one article on the page for, I don't know, four or five days. Right, Drew? Yeah, I was up there for a bit. Yeah. So check that out. It's a great article. Uh, I think we got all our housekeeping in order, Drew. I think so. Yeah. All right. Batting leadoff. Batting leadoff. It is hobby happening. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Hobby happenings is just a summary of what's been going on in the hobby the last couple of days. A couple of things. First, the national is now 14 days away, guys. Two weeks away. We're all excited. Getting ready to go to Chicago. I got my um, 
binder all set with all my cards to get signed. I'm getting some pictures made. So I'll have some pictures to for the guys to sign. I got some baseballs ready to go. Um, and then I look really looking forward to seeing me hooking up with some friends. And if you're uh, mm-hmm. out there, if you're going to be out there as a listener, make sure you, you, you track me down. All right. Say hello. And, um, we're going to have some Drew. Should we tell them about the new shirts? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, the so. new shirts, we have the new TTM cast shirts coming, which are very cool. They will be coming. I am going to, we'll, we'll give a, a few way to listeners, but I'm going to bring a bunch to me, uh, to the national with me. So we'll, if you see me, make sure you say, Hey, Jeff, where's my shirt? Maybe I'll have one for you. There you so, go. And when Drew, I'll, I promise we'll, we put, we'll pull one aside for you. All right, cool. Ex- extra small. Cause you're a little guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll work real well. I can wear it on my hand or something. <laughs> Well, Drew, it, it's kind of all, it's All-Star Week, right? All-Star Week, MLB All-Star Week. Did you watch the Home Run Derby yesterday? We had um, Randy Rosarina and, and uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Yeah. In the finals. Yep, I watched all of that. Um, I had I had put my, my guess on uh, Pete Alonzo, completely forgetting that he had, he's dealing with that hand injury. Completely forgetting he wouldn't have his normal pitcher with him and completely forgetting that he's hit like 150 since coming back from that hand injury. So any prediction I make, never listen to it because I do stuff like that all the time. <laughs> well, uh, Julio Franco did awesome. Not Julio Franco, Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez was yes. awesome in that first round. Um, and, you know, he he didn't carry over in the second round, but I think that really helped him. I think, I think in terms of it gave his cards a little boost, I think. Uh, a Rosarina, he needed, I think, four home runs in the last 30 seconds, and he got mm-hmm. three of them. He, he fell short, uh, but he had a great second round as well. And and Vladdy held on, and I'm glad. I'm a huge Vladdy Guerrero Jr. fan. Uh, I've liked I've, I liked him since he was here in Manchester playing for the, the Fisher Cats. So uh, it was great to watch the Futures game. Did you, I didn't watch any of the Futures game. Did you watch any of the Futures game? No, I missed that because I think they had it on Sunday, didn't they? They had so it on Sunday of, night, yeah. Yeah, so that really screwed everything up because I'm used to, you know, watching everything on a Monday and get there and it's like, oh, no, that was played yesterday. The celebrity game was played yesterday, too. It's like, oh, crap, I missed all that. So Yeah, I oh missed well. it, too. And then you're going to watch the game. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday uh, night, so you're going to watch the game tonight? Yeah, I'll have it on. I'll have it on the background, I'm sure, while I'm cranking out the rest of these letters here. It, it, I think the All-Star game misses a little because they – we see all these guys now, but remember when we were kids, you never saw the, we never saw the national league. You were an American league team. So I said to you, we never saw the national league. So it was kind of fun to see the guys play. And I used to love the, uh, the lineups when they used to introduce everyone. Yep. And yep. Uh, they used to wear, wear their uniforms and now they wear these kind of generic uniforms so they can, they can make money. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just something missing to the game now from how it used to be. I think you're on to something there with it being that, you know, being in an American League city, we never saw the National Leaguers except, you know, well, we did a little bit once, like when I was a kid, we got WGN on TV. So we could see all the Cubs games and the Braves games on TBS. But yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of guys that you only see, you know, once or twice a year. And now it's like I can tune into almost any game anytime I want. So any game, any, yeah. any game, anytime. And the guys are there, you know, the interleague play they're playing. And I think this is just my gut saying, I think they're going to do away the American American and National League in the next couple of years. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I hope that they need to change the voting process as well. I think it's great that the fans get to choose. I don't think they should be the 100% deciders of everything because 
because uh, you can well, look at like fans Jose are dopes. We're, we're, yes. we're dope. Yes. We're, we're totally dopes as fans. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Jose Ramirez should be the starter at American League third base. Josh Young is good, but he's okay. He's having a great season right now, but right, he's, Jose done, Ramirez it for, has, he's done it for three months, not not uh, right. six years. Jose Ramirez has proven himself year after year after year as being a solid player. He has matched and exceeded Young in nearly every offensive stat. So it's like, how can you pick Josh Young? That's the one stat where Josh Young has him. They're like dead even in fielding, and he's got more home runs. Aside from that, Ramirez has him kicked in every stat. And who's starting? Josh Young. It's ridiculous. Well, I Joe, like the way the NFL old, does it. Not I like the way the NFL fight. does it where – sorry, I'm, I'm almost done here, but – I, I, I like the way the NFL does it, where it's partially the players picking it, partially the coaches and players, and partially the fans. It's a little bit of everybody picking it. So it's like you get a lot more you, – you get fewer idiots in there, basically. I mean, I hate to call the Rangers fans idiots since I live around them, but they're idiots. And uh, I'm. it's just like, you know, the year that the Reds fans stuffed the ballot box and got like eight of the nine National League starters as Reds. So, yeah. Well, I think they're um, – the the kids, the younger kids are the ones that are voting because it's a lot yeah. – it's by the computer, that's right? So I think a lot. I think it's skewing younger. So that's why you're getting the 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 young guys and all these other guys in there. You know, Jonah Heim is not that good either. I'm going to say that one right now too. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. don't jinx him. He's a pretty good player. Yeah, he's he's all right. He he's not the best catcher in the American League. All right, bud. Well, how about some grading numbers? We got some grading numbers from last week. Yeah, we do. We've got uh, everything down a little bit, but I mean, we did kind of have a holiday right in the middle of the week there, so. Things are bound to be down a little bit there. July 3rd through the 9th, PSA, 178,800 cards went through them. It's a drop of 23% or so. SGC, a 4% increase, actually, from last week, 23,800 cards graded. Beckett down 39% to 9,700 cards. And CGC, a big drop for them to 52% uh, at uh, down to 6,100. So what does that make us? Does that make us uh, 200, no, about 215, 200. 20 yeah 215 217 somewhere so that's in that range down there. yeah it's down but i mean right. yeah we holiday have, holiday we do that true we have some new releases that are coming out this week we have panini first off the line 2023 prism baseball you get 12 packs and 12 cards three autographs and those are going for about 350 bucks which is what what do they think they'll be about 200 bucks when when they're regular you think drew i would think so something like that which that's definitely a more more normal price for prison. I'm glad to see that it's kind of, you know, coming back, back to earth here once again. We've also got a first off the line for 2022-23 Panini Impeccable Soccer. It's one of their high-end ones there. You're going to get an eight-card pack containing four autographs and one autograph or memorabilia card. So a lot of cool stuff in there. $3,000 is the price tag on that. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a high one. We have 2023 Panini Mosaic Draft Picks Collegiate Football. One of Drew's babies, right? You work on that yes. one? Yes. Yes. Get two packs of 15 cards. You get two autos. They're going for about $400. So that's 2023 Panini Mosaic Draft Picks Collegiate Football, 400 bucks. These are all, th- all uh, releases that are coming out this week in the next couple of days. Yep. Uh, Tops has a soccer set coming out for MLS, their MLS Renaissance set. Hobby box rolls out at two hundred dollars. You'll see one encased auto and one encased foil auto in that one. Very cool. Hey, uh, we have some news out of the uh, world of auctions. Uh, Robert Edwards Auction has acquired Huggins and Scott Auctions. The founder uh, of Huggins and Scott Auctions, Bill Huggins, passed away about five months ago, and uh, Robert Edwards Auctions, R E 
A is taking over his purchase Huggins and Scott. So consolidations in the auction world as well, right, Drew? Yeah, it's all uh, kind of coming together there a little bit more. That's, I mean, Robert Edwards has been a big one here lately. And so for them to pick up another uh, another piece there to their puzzle is kind of cool to see happen. Uh, Collects Marketplace has now gone live and our promo continues and get a $10 coupon to use in their marketplace. Just to make sure you email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Put Collects coupon or something like that in the uh, subject line. Make sure you put in your name, your email, your Collects name, all that good stuff there. All that info, and we'll get you a $10 coupon to use in the Collects Marketplace. Yeah, and guys, if you've already signed up for it, um, all you do is you open up Collects, and then uh, the screen, the, um, I don't know, the your, your, your profile screen, click on the top one that says My Money, and you'll see right there, there'll be a Collects credit for $10 in My Money. So, Drew, you should check yours, because I, I checked mine today. And it's right mm -hmm. there. There's $10 credit. And I know right. uh, a couple other listeners were looking for it. Just go under your profile, the profile screen, my money, and you'll see there's a $10 coupon in there. So $10 credit in there. So you can go into their marketplace and just make, make purchase and make a purchase or two for, for um, cards to, you know, up to $10. And that it's just like free money. So nice. if you want to get a $10 coupon, this is a one-time only. You can get it from Collects, and all you have to do is uh, make make sure you sign up for Collects. Send us your Collects name and your e and email us, and send us your name. We'll send it over to Collects, and they will issue you a ten dollars credit and put it right into your account. You checking yours now, Drew? Yeah, about to check it here in a second. Yep. Okay, so it's right in there, and they, all you do is just go into the profile, your profile, my money, and it'll be right there. All right, guys. Another thing that we're giving away is you can register to win a five by seven autographed photo of Jim Lawborg that I got at the at Fenway Park uh, last week. He put he signed his name and he signed a 1967 Cy Young winner. And uh, I'm going to give away a signed picture. So all you have to do is send me your name and your mailing address and write in Lawborg picture. I'm going to pick we'll pick the winner for this Saturday. We'll announce the winner this Saturday. Uh, just send it to our email address at ttmcast at yahoo.com see i tried to trick him but he was paying attention he was paying <laughs> attention good man all right drew we have one more we have one death we want to uh mention that we we missed last week uh, on uh our Vern rap minute because it happened on saturday and we had we had already recorded so we just want to mention that we had one death in, in the world of uh women's basketball yeah nikki mccray penson she was a uh as you said a star in the wnba coach there as well and a two-time Olympic gold medal winner, 1996 and 2000, with the U.S. Uh, women's uh, national team. So, yeah, sorry to hear about that loss. She was definitely one of their uh, one of their top players there for quite a while. Yeah, she was only 51 years old. All right, Drew. I think that wraps up hobby happenings for the week, or I should say for the first couple of days. Right? We'll have, yeah. we'll have a uh, more of a news on on, uh, on Baker's dozen on Saturday. But today, right now, we have an interview with Derek Grady. Derek Grady is uh, Vice President of Heritage Auction. And we talked to Derek about what's going on with the uh, in the auction space, what's going on with Heritage uh, in their current auction, as well as what their plans are for the national. So please enjoy my interview with Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades. 
including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. Grade all your cards with CGC Cards and visit cgccards.com today. All right, guys, we have a very special guest today. We have the Executive Vice President of Heritage Sports Auctions. His name is Derek Grady. He's been on the show before. I met him at the National last year with the the Mickey Mail card, probably the best card at the show last year. We're going to talk a little auction. We're going to talk a little uh, national and and a little hobby with Derek. Welcome, Derek. Hey, Jeff. How's it? How you doing? You doing good? Yes, very good. Hopefully you as well. You guys have to go. Crazy! You have to go some to beat last year with, with that mantle card in the booth. Uh, what do we have yeah. planned for national? Anything exciting? You know, we have a we probably have one of our best auctions we've ever had at Heritage, and it will be. You know, there's just stuff populating every day. We're at the consignment deadline this week for the national auction, uh, where everything will be on display. You know, like, like last year, I don't think it will be as crazy. I don't know that we have something that's going to go viral a couple of different times, you know, during the cycle with the Mantle 9.5. I don't know. It's going to be a lot for me to bring in something better than that one. <laughs> that, was that was crazy. Show, wasn't it? It was. And the amount of people, it didn't matter, you know, um, kids, 80 year olds, every different nationality. People wanted to hold the card, take a picture with the card. I mean, there'd be nobody, and I'd go to adjust it in the case. There'd be nobody there. And next thing you know, as soon as I took that card out, you know, there'd be a flood of people that wanted to hold it. And I was just, you know what? It was refreshing to me to see that kind of excitement. So I was really happy to to show it to people. I don't know that Heritage loved me letting everybody hold it, but I made sure I took their, <laughs> took their I know, you know what, Derek? Hands. I know those security guys were a little nervous. Yeah, they were. And, but I just, I, it, that kind of excitement, you know, we've been through different, you know, peaks and valleys in the hobby. And that when, when the trade shows are back and people are excited and you see more women, more different nationalities, and you see more children again, and you see more, it's nice to see it, it being a, you know, a hobby that everybody can enjoy. So when I see smiles on people's faces, you know, that's a good thing. So if they, they want to take a picture with the mantle card, uh, you know, God bless, as long as they hold it, hold on to it and don't drop it. You know, that's, that's what I was like, ready to catch it if it fell. You know, but everybody, I told them, you got to put two hands on it. So we have some, you know, we've got some incredible things coming out and it's still, you know, things that I can't say necessarily yet because we want to wait for the press, but we do have that bulls court you know, that's a piece of the court that um, the Bulls won several championships on, signed by Jordan. And it's, you know, it's got that famous Bulls logo. That's going to do outstanding. And nice. by the way, happens to be in Chicago this year. You know, we've got some significant Jordan signed cards and an incredible Titleist collection, which I didn't even really know they existed. But in the exquisite product, um, they, they had a very rare insert called the Titleist collection. And it's a... It's a cutout of the the O'Brien trophy, the championship trophy. And then there's, you know, guys, how many titles they won and how many, you know, how many cards there are of them. Well, Jordan's have one Jordan has never sold publicly before. So Is we have one that of those. Upper deck put out, Derek, or yeah. I'm not familiar with the it. Exquisite. Yeah. Very rare issue. Even Dr. J can sell for 20 grand. Wow. You know, they made it of 
I forget how many different players there are, but we have the largest selection. I think we might have a dozen of them, which is the largest selection of Titleists ever offered. And that's going to be in its own case. We just showed online on our preview. If you if you go to ha.com, go to the sports department, and you just look at our preview page, it refreshes maybe every 12 hours, and you'll just see these amazing new lots draw. You know, we have a signed 48 Leaf Jackie, graded in eight. It's the highest graded Jackie rookie autograph. Who had who can't who had that? Can you say tell us who where that came from? I'm a collector, a high-end collector. collector. You know, and I collect signed cards, but of course I missed out on Mano and Jackie. So that's that's outstanding that I I do have a Clemente and a Maze, but you know, of course, I passed on those Jackies. Just want to kick myself for passing on <laughs> Jackie Rutt. Who would have known you could have bought that card for, you know, you know, 40,000, 30,000, 20,000. Well, I mean, probably 20 grand, 10 grand back in the day. And now it's, you know, the estimate's 500 grand. Um, but it's an eight and it's the highest one. Um, there's there's so many other game-worn jerseys, photo-matched, incredible jerseys in this auction. Um, Game-used bats some wax boxes, just a little bit of everything. I mean, it's it's going to be a really good one. And we'll keep I'm a big announcing. wax box guy. What, what do you have for wax boxes coming up? You know, currently, um, I'm trying to think what. I'm working on a 70 wax box right now, which is a good baseball? one. Yeah, baseball. You know, and, and just stuff in the, I mean, nothing, you know, a bunch of packs. We just took in a 52 pack. Maybe that's what I, you know, as far as wax, took in a nice pack collection. It's probably, you know, you know, 150,000 in packs that will sell individually. Um, I'm working on some wax, but I mean, we have, you know, seven different guys working on stuff and I don't across the country. So it yeah. really is. I mean, I don't even hear about everything unless it's a, you know, really significant email chain going around where I have to weigh in on something. I'm, I'm just as excited to, you know, hit the preview page too, because I'm I'm seeing it for the first time also. The same thing you guys all can see. But there's a lot of great stuff coming out. A lot of vintage high-end, you know, stuff. Now, I don't know if there's any new discoveries. I mean, there's you know, there is one really cool new discovery, and that's uh, you know, the Scott potato chips. Yeah. The 1950 with George Mikan. Yeah. We have a set of those where it came from the the granddaughter, the grandfather actually was commissioned to do the artwork and do those oh, wow. cards. And then she has one set. They all graded like the highest grade at PSA. So the Mikan's a seven, there's eights in there. People don't realize there's a Bud Grant card in there. And oh, Bud wow. Grant, obviously the Hall of Fame Minnesota yeah. Vikings coach. So, so anytime you get a call like that, that's really, that's really fun. And I, I know there's other stuff too that's fresh. That's one that I worked on and took in. So that, and we're selling that as a set. Coming right from the family that designed the card, so you know that that's still always fun for me. No, no matter whether it's a you know ten twelve million dollar mantle card or whether it's a forty thousand dollar set, you know a new discovery is always fun. Is there anything, Derek? That that yeah, I mean you've been in this for so long now. Is there anything that you see that just takes your breath away? You know, in the last year, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that even still exists. You know. Um, I, yes, I ran into a find of, and I don't, you know, I can say it. I don't know what auction it's going to be in yet, but I literally got a find of Boston Garters, a set. Okay. The colorful, the, the color ones. Okay. From 1912. And wow. it is, the, the colors are killer. 
And I was like, this, how is this stuff still out there? Where somebody's grandfather passed it down and they don't know what they have and they just don't think anything of it. You know, yeah. he passes away in the 70s and they still don't do anything with it. 50 years later, they finally say, hey, wonder what this stuff is. And they call Heritage I'm on a plane the next day. And it's stuff like that. I think when there's when there's a find, it, you know, it's really just the circumstances of because I always want to say, what made you call now? Or what made you, you know, the discoveries and um, some things they, you know, lot, hidden in plain sight, I guess they say, right? They didn't even know they had it, but they had it. They knew they had something, but they never paid attention or didn't need the money. Because I've, I've always wondered when you had Al Rosen running around in the 80s and all those dealers that would run ads in the papers, the local papers, and go town to town trying to buy baseball cards and memorabilia. Did somebody ever think to call them? Did somebody ever think, you know here's the hobbies in the eighties it's going crazy and people are digging out their baseball cards. Well, not everybody did. Some people yeah. save them. So it's still great when we get a fresh T206 deal, which we do several times a year, Boston garters, not so much. It's hard to even find one. Um, anything like that. It, it does really excite me. I mean, I almost look at the, the Rosen fine mantle is I still can't believe it happened. To have an, you know, the whole key there, it's not, the reason I got pressed was, you know, it's not a a rich guy buying a $5 million card and it went up in value. It's the fact that a guy, you know, the consigner is wealthy, but it's the fact that he kept a card raw this long and it didn't get dinged up somehow yeah, by his it, twin it's boys. Not, it's unfathomable, isn't it? Just... Correct. Well, because I had to get the grade. You had to get the grade, then the bidders. The press was great. I mean, everything about it was surreal, which I almost, you know, when I talked to, you know, Giordano, when I talked to him, it's his last name. I mean, he did plenty of articles, so it's not a secret yep. um, interviews and they still interview him, you know, a year after, you know, to say, hey, how's it going? Now, the money didn't change his life any, any stretch, but, you know, it was, it was the timing. We really timed it perfectly, which I did not know. Yeah, I mean, um, it captured the imagination of the hobby. It captured the imagination of the general public. Um, that the stuff's yeah. still out there. Yeah. And we need to know that. We need to know that because if we went several years, and, and look, I get excited when another auction company finds something or a dealer finds something. It's not, I might be like, well, that sucks. We didn't get it. But I mean, I still like to hear that there was a find and it still happens because that's part of being a treasure hunter. You know, uh, you know, it's I get to see my fair share in all categories here at Heritage. I get to see this crazy stuff we discover um, and or stuff like, you know, we sold the Cheers bar and sold all that stuff from, you know, in entertainment. That's exciting for me, too. Anytime really cool, iconic stuff sells. But the fines for me um, is something I can't get enough of. And, and they're probably going to be fewer and far between as we get into 2023. You know, we're distancing ourselves I know. from, I mean, my God, I can't believe the 80s or 40 years. That drives me crazy that I'm that old. I you, I was one of the young guys on the hobby just starting out. Now I'm like freaking people. Are me part of the, <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. And another auction coming. They're like, oh, yeah, he's he's part of the OG. I'm like, is that old guard? Like, I'm now one of the <laughs> old experts. Great. I like to be the new guy, you know, but you know, I am no longer young, apparently. So, but, uh, 
but that's what really is exciting. Anytime one of my guys gets a find or we, we come up with something, um, it's, that's really why we do. And, and we get to maximize it for people that really need the money. The people on the Boston garters, you know, again, they could use it more than somebody else might. We're still doing our job to maximize for anybody, no matter what their status is. You know, our job is to get the most money period, but some people need it more than others. And when they have a, a windfall, you know, um, the, you know, I'll tell you the one thing I've never got though, and this is a first I've taken in Wagner's on consignment, yeah. okay? but I've never got one. If I have been involved in say 50 different T206 collections that were fresh, never, I've gotten a plank, gotten Maggie, gotten, you know, maybe not a Doyle either, obviously, but, okay. but, you know, or a Ty Cobb back that was undiscovered but I've never gotten a Wagner, but yet we still get emails, monthly text messages, phone calls of every imaginable fake Wagner there is on the planet. <laughs> no, I'm sure because there's so many, do they, they had so many printings of these things, especially in the eighties, oh, yeah. right? They were making these things all over the place. Well, and keep in mind too, I get the story of, well, I've had it for over 50 years and I'm like, Okay, well, 50 years puts us back into the 70s. There were fake Wagners in the 70s. Yeah. You know, 40 years. Okay, that's the 80s. That's the fakes everywhere in the 80s. And I remember as a kid at a show, I remember seeing a Wagner one time at a show. And, and not a major show either. But I, I was probably like 12 to 15. And I didn't understand why this card that was creased up. It was a real one. Um, the guy had like 10 grand on it. And I was like, well, that's not going to sell. But it that card has held the test of time. You know, yeah. it really has. I mean, it's only gotten better and better and better. I mean, people, you know, they they made the comment before, it's hard to lose money on a Wagner. Even when they <laughs> yes. first hit six figures, somebody buys it at six figures, it goes for this. I mean, I think we're finally getting into a territory where somebody could lose money on a Wagner. If threes are going for eight or $10 million or whatever they are, I can't even keep track, you know. But now I think you're getting to the point where, <laughs> We're, we just went through a phase where people didn't think they could lose money on modern cards. And boy, where was that? Well, we all wrong on that one, right? Yeah, that was all. <laughs> we knew we didn't double I down. I know, we knew the bubble was going to burst. It just oh, wasn't yeah. when. You can't have cards going from 200000 to $3 million. I don't care how good LeBron James is. You know, when those RPAs went to $3 million, you can't be a buyer at that at $3 million and think, or $2 million, and think it's just going to keep going, 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 going. This is... I'm just glad I didn't dip my toes into the modern market um, because I'm such a vintage guy or memorabilia. Um, it's just, you saw that coming. You yeah, saw but I coming. mean, and I was going to ask you, because I think it still has, the hobby as a whole still has legs and we're still seeing, you know, million, six, six figure uh, prices on, you know, uh, Will Chamberlain's rookie jersey. And, and oh, yeah. You went know, for, the, uh, what'd that go right, for? Uh, what, what, what would you say? Uh, Magic uh, um, Jordan's warm-up jacket, right? His, his Olympic warm-up jacket. Just Oh, his jersey. Yeah, yeah, his Olympic jersey. No, I mean, look, that stuff is still, that is iconic stuff, and it's going to sell for millions. The, 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 scare, the, the manufactured scarcity, though, where they can make a one-of-one one tomorrow, like that's like the joke, like when one sells right. for $2 million, they're already printing another one of one of something that's manufactured scarcity. I'm not saying there's not great cards there. I'm just saying that is for a certain 
select group of people. And now that investors know that you can lose money on that stuff, I think, so let's go back to the point you just made that the hobby is still strong. It is. And I was worried about it. But if you go to the grassroots, which is trade shows, okay, every trade show, the local ones, the major ones, they are swamped. They are packed. Swamped. I know lots of promoters, several of them anyway, major promoters and local promoters. I always get a report. And the, the, I have not gotten a bad report in a few years. Like literally every show. So those people that lost money buying stuff realized it was their fault, realized they might have spent too much on that. And they should have bought some Babe Ruth or Ty Cobbs or Mickey Mantles or Roberto Clemente's and Mazes or been a little bit more conservative in their approach. But they've stayed because they found the hobby fun. And that's the key. And I'm hoping people don't just look at it as an investment vehicle. I do it for fun. I do it with expendable income. And I don't do it thinking I never collected because I thought I was going to make money doing it. I will say that I thought worst case scenario, you know, best case scenario is, hey, maybe I break even someday and I got to enjoy this. Whereas you go on a, an expensive fishing trip or safari or, you know, you spend you can spend tens of thousands on a golf trip, go to Vegas and lose a ton of money. So lots of things people do. And I've always wanted to the pictures. Don't do it for, I don't look at pictures. So, I mean, Kodak pictures of vacations and stuff like that. So I'd rather have the the memorabilia. I'd rather have the cards. I'd rather, I've always been that way. And it turns out this is one of those hobbies that if you do it over the long term, it would be hard not to make money. You'd have to just guess wrong on everything. Correct. Not to make money, right? What's what, what's your favorite piece of memorabilia? Not your most valuable, just want, want your, your favorite piece. Do you have something that... That, that you'll you'll never give up that's in your PC? You know, I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. I said, there's probably a lot of items I will die with and somebody's going to have to sell if I, if, if I didn't pass it down to them. And I don't know if I can put my finger on one item that I just enjoy so much. I mean, you know, I mean, I have a Brooks Robinson because I took in Brooks Robinson's collection. I become friends with him and he's in my phone and I'm friends with the family. I love my Brooks Robinson gold glove, um, you know, which I bought. He didn't give me anything. It might have given me a couple hats or something like that, but he didn't give me a gold glove. Um, and all the money went to charity too, by the way. So that was really cool. Um, you know, Clement, you know, I'm sure there's a Clemente item, Roger Staubach. Those guys are the guys that were my idols. From being from Western Pennsylvania, you would think it would be Clemente and, and Bradshaw or Clemente and Joe Green, but it was Clemente and Roger Staubach because part of me had to be a rebel and <laughs> Cowboys. Yeah, you know, I have to rep, rep the Cowboys for some reason. Um, but I don't know. That's a great question. I have to think about that. Like, what if I had to pick one item? You know, I, I just have so, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. And I have a great William Mays jersey and a great Hank Aaron jersey and a United. Nice. I mean, I have a lot of great jerseys that I got in at the right time. Thank God. Um, but I, I'd have to think about that. That's a great question. I've never really, because I have such a vast collection of whether it's jerseys, cards, sign cards, wax, nothing. Sue, I said, you said you're a wax guy. I don't have anything that would drive you crazy. Like nothing past, you know. Unopened wax boxes are like 77 or something. I don't go back. Of course, I regret. You want to talk about a blue chip investment. I mean, wax, if you just kept buying it up the ladder, yep. you know, it the 70s and the me. 60s. Oh. 
it kills me. My dad, my dad owned a drugstore. He was a pharmacist. So all the oh way boy. through the seventies, he used to bring us boxes of cards, just like boxes of cards. And we, me and my brother would open them. And I never thought once to keep anything unopened. Not once. Oh yeah. I see. I did because I got tired of getting killed when I'm opening them. I did open an 86 clear wax box. I kept it in my collection and then in 88, I decided to open it. And then I opened an 88 FLIR case. But that's because you got like three sets in a box. Yeah. So, I mean, I still have 20 sets of those. I just never did anything with it because I've just been so busy in the hobby. I've never, whether it's at a grading company, an auction company, I've never really gone through my, you know, back pulled 20 sets. And when they were down to nothing, I was like, well, I'm not going to sell them. Then they go up to hundreds of dollars a set. And I'm still like, eh, I'm not going to sell them. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to them. because maybe I'm still going to hold on to them. I mean, I'm probably making the wrong decisions all over the place, but. I mean, you know, I guess I still enjoy that collector part of me that I know I built those. I opened the case. I built it. I mean, I'd rather have the case. Yeah. You know, of course. But I, I remember people buying those sets for 86 Fleer. I think it was Texas Sports Cards was buying sets for 10 bucks a set. So yeah, you, could yeah. go to the, you could go to the wholesaler or the drugstore or wherever and buy the boxes for 12 bucks. You'd get three sets in a box or two and a half or whatever. And you get doubles, too. And my friend kept buying them and selling them the Texas sports cards, just like doubling his money. You know, it was like, I remember buying a few of them off of him. So he didn't ship them, you know, and I still have a couple sets, but you know, it was, uh, I can't even, I would hate to see the ads for some of that wax that we're talking about in the seventies and the sixties, what you had boxes for back in the eighties and the nineties. And keep in mind, you probably could have got burned too on some of the stuff. Yeah. But, but the, yeah, it's, it's, it's still fun. You know, I was going to ask you, um, it, mm-hmm. it's been um, addressed on my show recently uh, with Les Wolf and other collectors. And uh, we're all getting older and we're like, well, what are we going to do? With, you know, what's our exit strategy? You know, <laughs> what are we going to do with all our stuff? <laughs> and I'm sure you, you're you're kind of approaching that as well. And I, I was going to ask you do, you, do you have a lot of collectors come to you that, that say, OK, I'm, you know, I'm 75 years old and my family have no interest in this stuff. You yeah. Help me Just out. The- well, that's the easy. See, I think that's the easiest part because I've never met too many people that say they're interested in it. You're either you're a collector or you're not. You can't force me to be a collector, right? If my mom left me her Beatles collection or Barbie collection or something, I'm going to sell it. There's no reason for me to have it. Um, and I remember some collectors when they passed, they told their wives like, "Hey, keep the collection going." And you know, for the first month or so, they might yeah. think. And then they say, no, this isn't my collection. I want to sell it. And so I think that's the easy part when somebody says, we're there to help. I think the hard part is what I've started to realize is we can't take the, so everybody's collection, I don't care if you're a multimillionaire, you're going to have $50 items and $20 items. You have a little bit of everything, right? You don't just have six-figure items. Even if you're a multimillionaire, these people have $20 items. We can't take items under a couple hundred bucks. So we go in and we take a ton of stuff and they're still left with a ton of stuff. And that's the hard part for them because they realize like, you know, if you remember like some of the magazine, well, now they grade the magazines, but people were buying the sporting news and the sports magazine. You know, I have a basement full of those with stars on the front. Well, they don't grade sporting news. They grade sports illustrated. Okay. So maybe I'll do okay on sports illustrated, but the sporting news, I'm not so sure. Um, Some of the different, advertisement i mean there's just so much stuff from the 80s and 70s that just aren't worth that much and 
when I'm gone, I don't, for what, I can't throw out anything, but when I'm gone, I really don't care what anybody does. I told my mom, my sister can have everything because I am not dealing with coming to the house and going through everything and saving all this, <laughs> this stuff. I have no more room. I want yeah. nothing else. So, but no, getting the money out of it is really the, is really the best way to do it. If you're not a collector, we help people all the time, widows, um, families, estates, you know, maximize the value. Um, the hard part is that stuff that, you know, their father or grandfather or uncle thought was worth money and told them it was worth money or this Babe Ruth ball that's been passed down for generations. Well, it could have been secretarially signed by his nurse. Right. <laughs> and that's hard when somebody thinks they have a 30 to $50,000 ball and it was, and they thought that their whole life. And then they realize, I'm like, your uncle wasn't lying to you. He just didn't get it in person. He had somebody take the ball from him, take it into the dugout, and the ball disappeared for a little bit. And somebody signed right. The clubhouse guy ended up signing it, and you knew the, never knew the difference. Or the nurse, when they're passing balls into the hospital room, okay? He couldn't sign everything that he was requested for to do. And that goes for a man. That goes for everybody in the dugouts. I mean, they'd have fun signing each other's name. There were people that signed for Mickey Mantle. There were people that signed, you know, Roberto Clemente's limo driver. I know I have a couple sec, uh, limo driver signatures. They just still yeah. look beautiful. And I'm not going to rip it in half. I'm not going to sell it to anybody, you know, um, but I'm not going to rip it up either and throw it out. Yeah, but I, I was talking with, with um, Scott Zolak. And Scott Zolak, as a joke, they used to sign Drew Bledsoe's name. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. See, that's what I mean. And a blood to water. That's, and that, that stuff expensive. goes on all the time, right? But you don't know. All the time. It oh, does. Oh. And and that's hard though when you when you meet somebody for the first time and they tell you they've held on to this for 80 years. It's been passed down for 80 years. Yeah. And it's fake. You know, and it's secretary. I mean, the fake is the wrong. It wasn't, it is fake, but it was it was secretarial. And when I tell them you're better off keeping it, and they're like, I mean, I've literally had a guy yelling at me because he showed me a newspaper article where his uncle had got the ball and they did a story on it. Like a local <sighs> kid gets one of Babers last autographs. And I said, it's signed in green. That's his, that's his nurse. And he was like, absolutely <laughs> well, not. Here's what's your take on um, kind of the state of collecting as a whole and um, the influx of fanatics into the hobby the last couple of years. Do you think it is, uh, it's a good thing, a bad thing, or where it's too kind of too early to, to really tell. Well, that's a big one. Um, cause it is a big one because they don't do anything on a small scale. I know. Okay. They're coming in and they're coming in hard. It's like, <laughs> it's like blitzkrieg all over again. Well, you know, and they are, you know, they acquired PWCC, they acquired tops. They're, you know, acquired a bunch of employees from Panini. I mean, they are. To put I, it lightly, I, right? To put it lightly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's next. Are they going to try and buy the national? Or are they going to try and buy an auction? I mean, you honestly, everything's on the table. I don't see them slow down. I would like, okay, so let's be, we've been in the hobby for a long time and we like the hobby. So one thing the hobby can always use, and it's great for our collections, is more people that want to collect. Okay. Right. Because I think that's a win for everyone. Would you agree? It's a win for everybody. If they bring people in and they mass market this, it's stadiums. I've never understood. Let's go back to that for a second. I used to question all the time. 
I'd go to a football game. And I'm thinking, why doesn't everybody want a Roger Staubach signed photo or Emmett Smith or Troy Aikman signed photo? And the amount of people in that stadium that honestly collect are next to none. And I never understood why. Why don't they collect? But then when they see the stuff, they think it's super cool. I think when they see it in the stadiums and they see vendors selling it, they're going to think it's, you know, really cool. You know, Hunt does amazing when he does a Super Bowl auction, does a Super Bowl store where you can go buy stuff. And people are paying, you know, double retail for something because they yeah. they have no idea. And but they they like it on the walls. They they buy in their favorite athletes. So I think if we market the hobby more, more people will like it because I think we have a cool hobby. So I think that part of it's good. When I hear that the small stores and the store, I think the stores are good. I think the shows are good. I think the pack breaks are fun. When I hear that they want to take over pack breaking. And they don't want store owners doing it or they take over or they're going to limit accounts and limit the product. I want those army ants out there, those warriors that have that store. Because if people can go to a store on a weekend or in the evenings, it's it's like I remember I had a store for a couple of years, you know, yep, like a yep. bartender. You, you know, you listen to people come in and hang out for a couple of hours, spend money. I want those store owners and it's a brick and mortar. It's not easy anymore. So people that are willing to do it. I, I would like them to be the kindest to them you know, to the store owners that are there, the grassroots of the hobby. Yeah. I mean, it's really, um, I don't know, ballsy to go in and say, I want to dictate how, what hours you're going to be open and who you sell to. And I've, that's usually not what you do when you're a manufacturer. Usually you listen to your customers as opposed to telling your customers what to do. And from my understanding, that's the other way around here. Yes. And, and I'm not sure I understand that or, what the purpose of that is. I mean, I'm for, you know, having as many store. Look, I don't have a store in the Lehigh Valley that I'm aware of. There might be one in Quakertown, but there's not one near me. And Allentown, Bethlehem Easton's a big area where you can go buy a box of plastic sheets or go get a pack of cards or go get. And I, you know, I'd love to see some stores be successful. I would like to not, you know, hold a gun to the store owner's heads and say, hey, we'll cut you off if you don't do this, this, or this. I don't know. I mean, look, he's much more successful than I am in life. Uh, you know, so <laughs> he might, you know, hopefully if, if, if anything that they do backfires or doesn't work, I would like to think they'll, they'll fix it. Um, yeah, it was definitely, I think it took all of us by surprise when they bought tops. We thought tops yeah. was going to be around tops was going to be tops forever. And just, you know, now they own tops. The key to me is I saw it a couple different times where they mass produce cards and they drive people out. I hope they don't do that. I also hope they don't price people out where they make the boxes too expensive because I've been told by dealers to order direct the price on regular base stuff just keeps going up, 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 up. And we, and we know what happens is people will stop buying it or the people that do buy it because they love buying cards and they get nothing out of the product because no chase cards have, and they keep, throwing money into something that doesn't pay off, they're going to leave the hobby. We want the hobby fun. So I'm hoping they help to make it fun. I, I guess that's my, that's yeah, my. And hope. I think we need to keep the kids involved. I don't know how we, 100%. we, we keep the yeah, kids yeah. involved and, and make sure because they're the lifeblood of keeping us going. Right. We, if we don't, Absolutely. if we don't get 10 and 12 year old kids when they're young, it's hard to get them when they're 25 or 30 years old and they have kids and they're, they're not yeah. interested in it. And they all play sports. What I've been told from our 
TCG part division there at Heritage, which broke away from sports because we were carrying the Pokemon and the Star Wars, all that stuff in sports. Yeah. And now we have a huge division for it. And they are telling me I have no idea how biz how big it is. You know, with C- CGC PSA, they grade more Pokemon than they do baseball cards. Yeah, I don't know that much about this stuff. And I'm glad to see there's collectors though um, that are doing it. And and they're really putting good money into this stuff. So it's going to be around. Um, I was told that I really, I have no idea how much bigger this is. And and that's good. I'm glad. I would still like the, but the kids play sports and they have athletes they idolize and they have favorite teams. So they're definitely going to collect. But we do, to your point, have to make it available to them. And I, you know, I even like the stores limiting people to one box because a dealer will go into target and just wipe it out, you know, have a connection to somebody that stocks the shelves and wipe it out. I want a kid to be able to buy them, not have to go pay five X on eBay to get the right. same thing. Because during the pandemic, it was impossible to get cards via retail and everyone yeah. was flipping them. And, and maybe they've done that. They've kind of devalued the, 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 the box, the hobby box or the blaster box and people aren't doing it as much. And no, I don't know. Yeah, I would just want people to have access to cards and not completely price people out. I know when Exquisite came out, it was the most expensive product and it turned out to hold its value. And I wish I would have bought some of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm just, how do you know? You don't know what to buy. You don't know what to buy in the, all, all the new new stuff. And so you kind of I'm like you, you, you kind of stick with what you love, right? You stick with the the tops, the tops uh, flagship well, I, and. Yeah, a couple other things, and hopefully you don't miss out and miss the boat on something. I guess, right? Yeah, I haven't really ventured outside of memorabilia because I see cards in my sleep, and then I'm a vintage card guy. Now, I do wish I would have bought more T206. I mean, if you, any grade tie cop, I don't care if you bought ones through sevens over the last twenty years, right? They've all gone 10x, you know, twenty x. I can't even believe what one sells for now. I don't even, I have to double check it when somebody tells me like a green portrait on a one sells for. I'm like, wow, you know, any just to have the card. So that's, that's cool how much the vintage has, has gone up. And, and, and again, the 70s stuff, when you're in the 80s, you're thinking the 70s stuff is garbage. You know, when you're in the 90s, you think the, the 80s stuff. Well, the 80s stuff is still not great, right? But it's, at some point, maybe it will have its day too. Because the 70 stuff has gotten better. And you see these set registries where yeah. a common can sell for thousands of dollars in a 10. I mean, now again, those are guys our age probably buying them. But we need, you know, that's why you need these, these, like you said, the 12-year-olds now doing it. So when they're in their 20s, they still want to do it and are still around to do it. And they make, you know, and they come out of college and they get a good job. And because this, I don't know how people do it. I mean, now there's kids walking around with briefcases. I don't know if you, you've seen that at shows. Oh, I see them at every show, right? There, yeah. <laughs> you don't, cases. you can't miss them. So yeah. I was going to ask you about grading. I know you you have a grading background. Um, did you did you foresee the the power and popularity of, of the grading companies uh, growing in, in popularity uh, over the years, or are we surprised on, on how prevalent grading has become in our hobby? You know, I'm. Back in the 80s, it really was the Wild West, 70s and 80s, with trim cards, altered cards, cards painted at the corners. I was pretty good, but I would still miss stuff because I, you know, when I go through my collection, 
you know, I still have a ton. I mean, the majority of my cards are ungraded. I just never thought to grade them because I'm a grader. So I don't, I, mean, I can't grade my own stuff and I have no reason to have somebody else tell me what it is because I know what it is. That being said, I think it, it stops people from buying. They're not perfect. Let's say that, but it is going to stop you 90% of the time from buying something bad. Yeah. That's color added. Or, you know, I think authenticators are extremely important. And the more you let dealers get away with or unscrupulous people, I should say, they're going to take it, whether it's forgeries, thank God for autograph authentication, you know, and I realize people will say, oh, they missed this one or they missed that man or they missed this route that's bad. What about the 999 they caught? You know, same thing with grading companies. They may miss a card here or there, but the, we don't hear about all the major forgery rings that they stop or alterations on cards that they catch. You know, it's very important to have that kind of the, the hobby police. Now people get frustrated with grading companies because of inaccuracy, because it is human and you can submit a card once and get an eight and then it comes back a nine or it comes back a seven that can be frustrating, but at least know when you're buying a graded card, you, you, you know, you're not buying a, a counterfeit or buying a a card that's you know hideously altered that you could have bought in the 70s or 80s i mean i can't even believe if i could go back now in time and see what dealers were selling trim cards and in the scd those full page ads that had yep. cards that were altered because there was nobody to police them other than a roller to say that it was small there was really nothing you know so i think and then with the registry, so then to your point of when I see it really going crazy is the registry, people wanting to to beat each other up and, you know, it's just a male competition thing. Um, and females can have the same competition, um, all obviously, but I mean, it's a male dominated hobby, but they love to, to see themselves climb in the rankings when they get an eight or a nine, <laughs> which is still fascinates me. <laughs> Get a certificate. I agree. I'm the same way. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. But I know a lot of people that are that are driven very by very competitive it. and driven by it. Very competitive by it. Um, and I think graded cards just look. You know, finally, I got to the point where graded cards just look cooler than a raw card in a card saver. And we know that screw downs can damage cards. We didn't know yeah. that back in the day. You know, but I lost a few '86 Fleer cards and a couple of Rice rookies because I screwed down every card. That was what you did. You put your best cards on screw downs. And then I remember when I realized, oh crap, the color could be sticking to the screw down. Yeah. And I remember just <laughs> luckily I, I escaped that. I was did you? I, I I fought that. I don't know why, but I did. Okay. Intuitively, yeah. I said that doesn't that can't be good for the card. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it was guys. We're talking with Derek Grady. Derek Grady is from Heritage Sports. Heritage Sports, the exec executive vice president. They, he will be at the National. Make sure if you're going to the National, stop by Heritage's booth, or you can go to ha.com, which is heritageauctions.com. Check out all the stuff that they have. They, uh, you got, do you have any? I know you have an auction going on uh, during the National, but is there anything else going on right now that you might want to do? Yeah, we have our towards? big J- July card auction on uh, online right now. And it's, you know, it's got a lot of great stuff in it too you know, from pre-war the whole way up into modern and different wax and uh, sets, registry sets, a Babe Ruth famous in bar and a four, which is a really nice card, really hot card, M101-4. Um, you know, that's probably going to go north of half a million dollars. I think the bids 
three something right now, plus the buyer's premium puts it at four. Um, there's still a couple weeks left in that auction, but that auction's a really good one. Um, and then we roll into, and we have our Sunday night sales where you can find some, maybe some bargains, but there's also good stuff in there too. I mean, you can find all, you know, anywhere from a hundred dollar item to a, you know, $10,000 item in there. Um, but we always have auctions going on. So there's the Sundays are always every Sunday it closes yeah. and then catalog auctions, showcase auctions, platinum night auction coming up. It's, you know, and then, you know, if we get a big, I, I know we're going to have a photography auction, some type one photos nice. coming up in the fall. We will have, and things they don't even know about that will happen where somebody says, I have a collection. Do you want to sell it? I want my own catalog. And if it's worth a couple million bucks, we're going to do their own catalog, you know, sure. or a million or whatever the number is. And, you know, next thing you know, we'll have another auction added. There's just not enough time and not enough experts. Well, guys, you yeah. don't have to be millionaires to bid on the stuff at Heritage Auction. There you don't. Some, you don't. You got to start somewhere. I mean, I started. Everyone when I was can a find kid. something. Yes, absolutely. And there's something for everybody. And you know, when I was selling lemonade to buy packs of 19, lemonade to buy packs of 1980 tops cards, you know, it's uh, it's no different. You know, you go to according to your budget. Then, and there's a lot of stuff that's cool that's undervalued. Yep, there really is. What do you, what do you see? Where do you see the um, the value right now? I know uh, tickets sub were really hot last year and into this year. Um, is there is there something uh, a, a place where people can really get a value uh, other than you know card cards is probably not a place to invest because of value wise right now they're they're kind of all you know, over the place. Yeah, it's hard. I think you just said it earlier. Like it's hard to predict on what to buy, right? Like yeah. I don't know. There's a card right now that if we talk a year from now. It doubled in vintage. Okay. And we don't know what that is, what that is. Why? I don't know, but we just don't, you know, yeah. because it could be, could it be the Ramley issue? How rare they are? Could it be, it could be somebody in the fifties that was just underappreciated or some card that just takes off. You just don't know. Um, I would say, right. I mean, it could be Bob Feller or somebody else that, that, that was a great player just doesn't capture the public's imagination. Then for one reason or other, and then all of a sudden he does. He'd be right. Yeah, I mean, how long uh, Jackie Robinson was undervalued for so long because that really took off during the Black Lives Matter, yeah. you know, stuff, and that, and and he was undervalued, but it took it to another level of value. Satchel Page went up too, and he was undervalued, but now they're really expensive. You know, Jackie really, really right. is Willie Mays the guy because he's still with us, and maybe when he he passes his oh, I think Willie Mays if it wasn't. I'll make this argument. I always qualify it by saying, okay, well, you got to say Babe Ruth's the greatest. You put the, I mean, you're out homering teams, you know, you're what he, Babe Ruth did, you know, um, is second to none. But Willie Mays is like, to me, the second greatest player that ever played and probably the most talented player. And for his cards not to be worth what Mantles are, I think Mays is still undervalued. And yeah, I agree. I mean, he's it's just unquestionably undervalued. I mean, you shouldn't be able to touch his game-worn stuff or his, you know, his memorabilia, his cards. I mean, I realize he was at a lot of shows. And I realize he signed a lot of autographs. But there's still probably, he hasn't been signing for the past couple of years, right? right? So, you know, again, I think Mason, and we're living amongst one of the greatest athletes to ever live with Willie Mays. And when he died, I mean, I think people are going to realize, you know, when they look back at those highlights, I mean, that guy was insanely talented. Yeah. And what he dealt with, with racism. So yeah. he went through that too, you know, 
and uh, how his numbers were and everything he did. Yeah, I think he's undervalued. I would say you could make a play. I'd make that call right now that Mays is undervalued and you can make a heck of a play there. And you don't have to buy eights and nines of his rookie cards and his key cards. You can, it all drags everything up when the eights go up, the nines are, look at Mantle. Ones and authentics cards I wouldn't even want to look at. No, I know. Four to fives and six is going for the uh, Mantle. Six figures. Yeah. 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 It's still, I feel like an idiot because I don't have one. (laughs) And now I feel like I need one. I didn't grow. I grew up saying, I get it that Mantle's in New York. I get it that he's blonde hair, blue eyes. I get it that he's white. Why people pick Mantle over Mays, Aaron, and Clemente. I bought all Mays, Aaron, and Clemente's because I thought they were, Clemente maybe not better, but he was a Pittsburgh guy. But Mays and Aaron demonstrably better than Mantle stat-wise. Now, Mantle also, where where would he have been stat-wise if he didn't wreck his knee in his rookie year? I mean, how did that guy do what he did with a bad, a bum knee? You know, I would love to see and I, that. And I think him passing as a, at a young age. Um, a younger age. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 94, was it? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's because of his liver, because he tortured, you know, just drank too much. But, I mean, he put up incredible numbers for the Yankees. Brooks Robinson said to me, "What would my, how much would I have made? What would my memorabilia be worth if I was a Yankee? Oh, yeah. And I just said, a lot more. <laughs> just a lot more. But he yeah. still won 16 gold gloves and he's still the greatest third baseman defensively, right? But I mean, you throw that in a Yankee uniform and some more championships and he's playing with Mano and Mano. Come on. You know, still won an MVP, still did great. I mean, I don't think he traded for anything. It's just you wonder some of the players that they would have been on the Yankees. Sure. But Mano's man, look, he's the king of the hobby. And I am I'm a fan. Believe me, I have a lot of Mano autographed items and the and I have some signed Mano cards, and I did good there, except. I missed out on getting a 52 or a 51 Bowman when they were under 10 grand. And now yeah, you I don't worry that Derek, I did too. <laughs> I did yeah. too. And, and now I don't, now I'm thinking I got to own a presentable. So I used to say to myself, okay, I'll get a six someday. Cause they were always at the same price for 10 years. Now it's like, right? if a one rolls in that I might be able to <laughs> pick up. And now some, I'm looking somehow. at, I'm trying to justify looking at a three and wanting the three and then they go for two. And then if they're centered, keep in mind now how centering, remember in the eighties centering out of the pack was more important than just, you know, four razor sharp corners out of a pack Yep. with decent centering. Now there's such a premium on dead centered cards, dead mm-hmm. centered, a three can outsell a five. Yeah, people love it's the funny idea. how the the hobby kind of dictates it right it's not there's not one hundred percent one person saying this is what I want it's what the hobby wants and, and changes right I mean I'm sure it you changed. remember when when we were kids if you had a rookie card autographed by somebody that that the people were yelling at you what are you doing yeah. you're ruining that card did they have them signing yeah it it basically so I realized that's gonna kill two birds with one stone so when I started doing it and I did it Maybe I started 10 years ago before it really exploded. So I have a signed Clemente rookie. And that's probably one of my pride and joy, you know, and a 52 May signed. And, you know, so I did, you know, this is why I'm an idiot for not buying Jackie and Mantle because I got my other guys. I don't know why I just waited on them. Maybe they were still a little bit more expensive, but I thought I need to have the card and I really don't want to buy eights on cards. And if I'm going to have an autographed ball or an autographed eight by 10, I'll just have the autograph on the card. But when I was a kid, you didn't do that. But I didn't thought, do it. then I started to look at it and I thought, these are beautiful. I love this. So what I do have is I have every maze signed 
and every Aaron signed. Nice. Now, not every not every oddball card, but I do have every regular issue signed, and some of the oddballs. And I was buying them when they were still, you know, when Aaron was still alive. And I just go to a show and I'd pick up a different one, or you know, people would offer them. I yeah, go around the show buying them. And I finally, I think I have every one. I could I be missing a, a sixty four Aaron? I mean, but I have, you know, a, a well, ton. Derek, you did good. You did. <laughs> I think I did on those guys, and they're did good. they're just such great guys. So I'm I'm thrilled that I have those. And Clemente, unfortunately, I only have the signed rookie and like an East Hills Pirates one. I you can't. I think no. there's a couple people buying them all up. I've been the bridesmaid on every freaking signed Clemente card for the last 20 years. Oh, I have to wait that. for those guys to you pass. When you, get, when you get sniped in on eBay, you're like, I got this, and you don't get it. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Guys, Derek Grady, he is from Heritage Sports Auctions. Go to HA.com. You can see everything they've got auction-wise. Make sure you stop by their booth at the National in Chicago. Derek can talk forever about cards and him and I could keep on going, oh, but yeah. I, only, I told him an hour and he's a busy man, half hour. Uh, so I told him a busy man, Derek, yeah. thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you in Chicago. Yeah, Jeff, definitely stop by the booth and anybody feel free to stop by and take a tour of our booth. It should be amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Thank you, Derek. No problem, man. Buying and selling sports cards has never been easier. Thanks to the free collect app. With a million collectors on the app, you can find just about anything. Build your PC, sell off your cards for top dollar, trade up to get your Grail card. Are you new to the app? Don't worry about it. There's an option to check out with credit card, generate shipping and tracking, and use promo credits towards deals. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, for free on the App Store or Google Play. Well, Drew, there's some guys that just love to talk about the hobby are very infectious and you just give them a subject and then they go. And Derek is one of those guys. I met him at the, at the national last year when they were talking and promoting the Mickey Mantle card. And uh, I really enjoy uh, having Derek on and we'll have Derek on probably in in a month or two to kind of review the national and and talk about some more stuff that's going on with, with their auctions because he is a great guest. Nice. Yeah. Do you find your, your credit? I haven't yet. I'm still trying to get logged in here because I had to change my password and stuff. Oh, okay. I will be, All right. uh, well, guys, make sure you check your credit. If you sent in there, um, uh, you, if, if you sent in a request for a, te- a $10 coupon from collects and you haven't gotten it, let me know. And we'll make sure that it, it, it gets put through. Um, we really appreciate it. Remember to register for Jim Lomborg signed picture. This Saturday, we have a great guest. I spoke with author Ryan Seaver. He wrote a brand new book. It's called Cardboard Profit. And it's really it talks about let's do, let, let's give the true title for the book so I don't mess this up. All right, Drew. All right. It's called Cardboard Profit: The Strategic Playbook for Making Money with Sports Cards. I'm holding it up so Drew can see it. We're Very gonna nice. raffle. We're gonna raffle off a copy of his book. So we're gonna we'll give away a copy of his book next week. So um, we will have uh, have uh, Ryan Seaver on on Saturday. We also have Les Wolf on. Les does his appraisals. He appraises three items that I. Uh, Listeners had sent in. We also talk a little about what he has planned for the national. And we also talk about those crazy uh, grids, Drew, that the, 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 the grids that you like, the one that he, him and his oh, son yes. is doing, which is called crossovergrid.com. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that. And do you, have you tried the crossover grid? That I did. I, I tried one a couple of days ago there. And uh, the football one was a little t- uh, tough for me because they had one, it, they had two different options. There was modern and like, 
classic. And I, when I was, I didn't realize I was on modern. I put in somebody from like the 1970s and said, no. And I'm like, wait, hold on a second. What? <laughs> oh, that's why I was on the wrong thing. But I kind of like that it divides it up like that. But yeah, I've been playing, uh, playing around with those a little bit. And then uh, there's also a hockey one, uh, Puck Doku. Okay. So I've been playing that one every day. My friend uh, Lee, who's been on the show before, uh, got me onto that one. So we've been comparing notes on that every day and comparing scores. And actually, um, Immaculate Grid just got uh, picked up and bought up by uh, Baseball Reference. Yeah, I saw so that. So it wouldn't surprise me if all the other sports reference sites scoop up some of those other ones there as well. Yeah, well, this crossover grid, they're getting uh, almost 2 million views a day. Wow. So there's a lot of eye eyeballs out there, and they've got to figure out how to monetize this thing, right? Yep, yep, definitely. All right, well, check it out. Check out a crossover grid. They do uh, hockey, basketball, and football. Yeah. So, and, the, and then the other one, Immaculate, does just baseball, right? Yeah, Immaculate is just baseball, and Puck Doku is just hockey. Okay, make sure you check those out. All right, next Wednesday, guys, we have writer Greg Bates. Greg Bates uh, has written tons of articles for Sports Collectors Digest. He's a uh, he's a Packer guy, so we're going to talk to him about uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to ask him about Aaron Rodgers leaving, uh-huh. leaving Green Bay, and we'll talk a little Green Bay Packers, and we'll talk a little uh, hobby stuff and things that he's going to be looking for at the National. Uh, that will be next Wednesday. Uh, I think that's it. Drew, you got anything else before I let you go? I think that's it. I was able to find my $10 credit on there. So I am good to go in uh, collects there. So all right, good. I've got mine and hopefully all of you have yours soon too. Yep. Go, go, go buy it. Buy yourself $10 worth of cards, right? Yes, on, exactly. on collects. Thank you, Drew. All right, guys. I want to wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you on Saturday. Be good. Stay safe.